to me, my balloonyacs. Aeronaut Zack here with your friendly neighborhood content warning. That part was Spider-Man, not X-Men, but we're going with it. This is a podcast where we let the internet ask us questions, and that is always a mistake. So, we are sometimes uh, adult-themed adjacent, and we will say all of the naughty words. Now, on with the show. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying high on our own hot air, but we've stopped our journey to Westchester to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? Who is the weirdest X-Men? Once again, love this kind of question. I can't wait. Completely subjective opinion of questions. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what you're going to throw our way, what, since none of the traps have worked yet, what our stowaway is going to throw our way. (laughs) Uh, editor and stowaway Steven here. I- I'm just going to throw it at you. Uh, I-, I really think my pick might be Forge. Um, uh, the ability to just build anything. What I like about Forge's power is he doesn't always understand what he's doing either. It's not just like, I'm a super genius, I can fix any problem. He can build an item to suit any need, but he doesn't always know what he's doing in the process. So they're like, how's it working? He's like, I don't know. Just point and go. The spirit of inspiration just like overtakes him and he just just builds it. Also on top of that, he's a shaman that fights a demon known as, I think, Nemesis. Yeah, you just uh, reminded me of this and that's fucking cool and weird. I didn't have him on my list. Never would have thought of him. But alongside Forge... Kinda does the same thing, but with something completely different, I'm gonna bring up Doug. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, One Doug sec. is the great Doug Ramsey, Doug? Like, can... Cypher. Cypher, okay, yeah. I was just gonna say, although Cypher kind of falls under this too, Forge is the X-Man that I'm like, why do you not have him on, like, every team? He's so useful. Yes. Why do you just not have him in the X-Mansion just be like, hey, oh, yo, Forge, Magneto's at it again, we need you to build us something. Oh, because after he broke up with Storm, it was really uncomfortable, and he left and let X-Factor for a while, is why he doesn't do that anymore. Mm. Storm, I'm sorry, you have to go live in it. <laughs> <laughs> he can Storm? build us anything. He he can build us anything, Storm. I'm wasn't sorry, even, the guest house will be fine. It wasn't even, like, uh, her fault either. Like, they were having troubles, and he's like, well, I'm gonna leave, because I want to propose to you, and you would turn me down. I can't handle that. And she's like, wait, I would have said yes! <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> he's just... He's, he's screwing himself over in that He situation. does do that a lot. Wolverine once describes him as, like, he's one of the most useful people around, but he's just so his own worst enemy that it works against you as much as it works for you. He also has some sort of robot limb, right? Like, like, yeah, awesome. But kind of like how Forge doesn't always know what he's doing, Cypher's power isn't always instantaneous. Cypher has the ability to understand any language. Any language, including machine code. That's amazing. But it's not always, so he has the ability to do it, but sometimes he still has to just like sit there for a bit and be like, and like talk back and forth with like the machine or something for a bit. And then like, oh, okay, cool. Now I got it. He's the universal communicator from Star Trek, but in X-Man form. Um, And he was dead for a lot of years because he was shot with a bullet. (laughs) Because he's not someone that should be on the field team. Um, yeah, you could Skype in, my guy. His biggest thing during the run was he befriended the techno-organic being known as Warlock, who Doug looked Locke. like a like walking cartoon made out of, like, nanites. It's, I actually kind of really Is love Is this related Warlock. to the techno-organic virus in some way? 
I don't think so. And now I'm curious if he could talk to that virus and communicate with it and try and get it to not do what it's doing. Also, he's named after Adam Warlock because Adam Warlock was dead at the time. His father is the Magus, who is the, also the mm. name of the alternate universe evil Adam Warlock. And Chris Claremont just slid that in there because he liked Warlock. Warlock all, often looked like a Looney Tune, referred to people as like new friend, Cyclops friend, Doug friend. At one point, the Phalanx, who is an evolution of Warlock species, resurrects Doug and is kind of a combination of Warlock and Doug, and he's just called Doug, Doug Lock. Oh, yes. And then they later just write Doug Lock. Like, he leaves. He even had his own miniseries. Does but- he ever meet Deathlock? God, I hope so. <laughs> I uh, want a miniseries of Doug Lock and Deathlock, and they're just, you know, buddy commenting in a way with some crimes or something. I don't know. It's just- Isn't Deathlock's real name like Doug Collins or something oh, like that? Oh, God, I hope so. No, it's Michael. Oh, that's Damn me. It. But anyways, it should be. Doesn't need to be. There you is know a what? Doug I'm Lock. putting Doug Lock in there as a list of options. I did not. Doug Lock is better than my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Lock isn't even my number one. Okay. Who's your Who's your next one? Oh, well, like, I didn't even mean to bring up Doug. <laughs> I, I had weird. I had three throwaway ones because Grant Morrison. No girl? No. Mermax, the telepathic whale. I didn't even know about this one. What? There's a telepathic whale? You would have gotten me. Ugly John, who has no apparent actual powers. He just has three faces on his face. Are they all... That dude should have been a Morlock. Are they all his face? No, they're different faces. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I missed the different part there. Um, But, like, I mean, like... No, it's just kind of like three kind of thin faces just occupying the face area. Okay. A little bit wider than the face area. It's hard to, it's really hard to sum up in an audio format. Just Google him. My, I guess my question, uh, I'll, I'll look at the image later, but my question is, do, do each of the faces talk or is it all in unison or is it just... I want to say it's like a word balloon with like three arrows coming down. So I'm imagining, mm-hmm. so I it imagine would... it's all kind of in unison. That's, don't quote me on it, but if I ever, for whatever reason, have an excuse to draw this guy, that's how I would do it. Okay. And that was just to help my brain paint the picture more than anything else. I don't, I'm not like testing uh-huh. you on it. Glob Herman. Glob was on my list. Mm. Glob is a skeleton with eyes surrounded by basically a gelatinous creature from D&D. It's, yes. It's, um, yes, I've seen it's this character. bioparaffin. It's wax. That's why he can light himself on fire and be the Inhuman Torch. And Glob was originally uh, That's great. a minion of Quentin Choir during the Ride at Xavier's and was kind of treated as like a bad guy bully. But people really liked Glob because his appearance is fun. Fun. And cool. So over time, he just kind of became the like weirdo of the X-Men. Like he wasn't really so much even a bully as much as just like he's a little uh, naive and kind of dumb, but like not a bad dude. My actual top three were Chamber. Some kind of psionic abilities that led to... He's got a fire thing that exploded out of his chest. So instead of the top half of a chest and a jaw... He just has fire. Oh, yeah. Isn't he always wearing, like, a bandana or something? Yeah, yeah. he looks kind of cool. Or, like, a also, he, he talks like a beetle. Like, he, he has a whole lot of, like, bad Liverpool accents. Also, I believe at some point it was actually revealed that he's actually a psionic body that grew, like, a human shell. He's also a descendant of Apocalypse. Yes. I was about to say that, too. Oh, fuck. Because Clan Akaba at one point kidnaps him and gives him his jaw and stuff back, but he now looks like Apocalypse. He's, like, gray Which and got almost the drives him to suicide. Yeah, and then he explodes his chest again on accident. Mm-hmm. 
I think yeah. he was decibel for a bit using the sound power. That was a very bad run of New Warriors. Moving on. Yes, uh, I feel bad for that character. Yeah. It sounds like that guy's got a, a he's a tra- He's a tragedy X-Men. They're obsessive. Krakoa, because Sentient Island is super weird. Sentient Mutant Island, I'll give you that one. Yeah, God, yours are better than mine. But then my number one is Widget. Let's see if I can do this, because it's from a run that I like, but I don't know how. Widget is a little floating silver robot with, like, big cartoony eyes whose personality is the soul of the Days of Future Past Kitty Pride sent back in time to try to prevent an apocalypse. Yes. Um, God, I'm good! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, very, <laughs> very fucking good. And I think that is my pick for weirdest, but for some reason this did jog my brain of a conversation we had earlier today about uh, Jubilee. And I just want to bring up that Jubilee's a fucking weird character as an honorable mention on my pick. In She's that- a vampire that did adopt a kid and just runs around with a baby on her back, like wearing a pomplamoose while fighting Magneto. It's kind of great. It's kind of you super should not be allowed near small children. Hangs out with, um, um, oh, why can I remember Hellcat's name? Patsy Walker? Patsy Walker at a, a, a newer run. Sure. Um, I believe it. And you were telling me at one point that uh, it's designed after Robin's uh, design. Yep. Yellow coat instead of cape. Pink shirt instead of... Red, green shorty shorts, or sometimes blue, but in a first appearance, I think they were green instead of Robin shorty shorts, and green sunglasses instead of the green eye mask. She was created to be Wolverine's Robin. And then they turned her into a vampire because Twilight is popular, yep. is what you told me. <laughs> Straight up, that's the only reason that exists and no one's known what to do with it. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's during Kate Leth's run with uh, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, that uh, she shows up. And I've is... always wanted to read that run. I believe it. I, I only got into it because I'm a big fan of Kate Leth, um, and it's really fun. Um, and I feel like she's the weird type of person to just like, hell yeah, let's put Jubilee the vampire <laughs> in, the in this comic. Jubilation Lee. I think what worked against her was she's really annoying in X-Men the animated series. Oh, yes. Very much the kid sister of, like, I need to be annoying or else why am I here? And she's not near... I mean, she's a brat in the comics, but she's not nearly as bad as she was in the cartoon. Okay, my option is Maggot. Maggot... Oh, yeah. Maggot runs away with it. Maggot is a South African man who everyone thought was, like, anemic and dying because he couldn't eat when he was a child. His real name is Jpeth. He, Mm -hmm. right when he was about to die, though, his stomach bursts open and two maggot-like creatures, they kind of look more like space worms, but whatever, come out and they start just eating things around him and he starts healing. They crawl back into his stomach and suddenly he's basically reborn. He's bigger, tougher looking. He's blue now. And it turns out that his mutant power is that his stomach is actually two maggot creatures that can eat anything. He gave them names. I do not know the names off the top of my head. Eenie and Meenie. That's (laughs) fucking right. And he unleashes Eenie and Meenie. I don't know who Money and Mo is. (laughs) His testicles. To, uh, To just eat things. And that's what he did in combat. He joined up with the X-Men for a while before almost dying multiple times. And Beast is like, maybe you should go hang out with Generation X, the current, like, kids table. You know, training. Jubilee was on Generation Mm -hmm. X at the time. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. He appears for a single issue of Generation X, and clearly the guy who was writing Gen X didn't actually want this character, because he's never mentioned again until he is later killed in a death camp set up by Mr. Sinister. But then later comes back again and it's never been explained why he's just become one of those background x-men you use every once in a while because fanboys like me keep being like hey when are you gonna put maggot on the x team again <laughs> be brave <laughs> yo there is some pretty fire art of maggot out there. maggot he was designed by joe maguera 
who did Battle Chasers and the, what is that, the Darkstalkers video oh, games? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of curiosity, do the maggots, are they, like, attached to him, or do they, like... No, they no. just bounce off and go... And, like, just, like, attack maggots, basically? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, while they're eating things, he gets a little bit of a bonus, but to get the full bonus, they, they have actually to, have yeah. to crawl back into his stomach. And is it a constant, like, what he gets is always the same power-up from them, or does he, like, depending on what they're eating? No, it's just he is a little stronger, okay. and they're, you know, weird three-eyed bug creatures that eat everything. Maggot is not an appropriate name for him. Like, it doesn't fit anything, but he's cool, so. Oh, and it matters that he's South African, because depending on the writer, sometimes he speaks in very overblown Afrikaans. Okay, interesting. So it's like if Ninja had maggots that crawled out of his stomach and oh. turned blue when he used his powers. Wow, okay. <laughs> but he looks cool! <laughs> And he kept trying to hit on Storm, and she was not having it. Oh, I think he has a small amount of uh, uh, psychometry, too. That's cool. What is that? Um, Touch things, learn things. Oh, yeah, that's cool. To the point where, because the psychic imprint, the way he perceives it, is supposed to be kind of like a waves. It's it's a small amount of precog through that sometimes, too. Oh. But He joined the X-Men during a time where him, Marrow, and Joseph joined. Joseph being the young hippie clone of Magneto. Joseph sucks. Oh. <laughs> What? Yep. Not super hippie, but he's got, like, long hair, and he spends a lot of time debating the nature of his existence. Are, are, okay, hippie or baked surfer Magneto? Baked surfer. Baked more, more philosophy close. major. Mm, there it is. <laughs> mm, we hit... Yeah, yeah. Um, there we go. He might fall under weirdest too. Just I mean, that's a sucks. very fucking weird character. I, he's got to be dead, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, and we can't think of anyone weirder. No. Cool. Well, then, in order to keep our journey going, you know, we're getting really close to Westchester at this point. I think we have one more name no. from this list. This is the last one, I believe. Yeah, I mean the name that I'm about okay, to say because I haven't said it yet. <laughs> Xavier sent us this list of names of these mines to help hone in on because we're coming all the way from Azeroth last season. Got to get to Westchester somehow to ride those blackbirds. Zach, you know a bunch about these characters. You can help us hone in, get the computers and our balloon going. But if you screw up, we're going to have to to fix it next episode. Zach, today, what knowledge can you drop on Skullfire? <laughs> oh my god, I shouldn't know this one. I do. Before we get to Skullfire, I know you said ride blackbirds, and I know we mean the X Men planes, but I'm super just imagining like on a sitting on a blackbird, like the bird. Skullfire. Yo, somebody can shrink us, right? Like, somebody has to have that power. Skullfire is that a member of X-Men 2099. Never even thought to consider the 2099 group. God, I want to say, like, John Francis Moore, but I don't know on the writer. John Francis Moore? Hell yeah! <laughs> this series was bad, but, like, fun bad. It is a very kind of post-apocalyptic, almost Mad Max-ish world that the X-Men join. Uh, there is a new leader of the mutant nation that combines the messages of Magneto and Professor X. And I want to say his name is like Zeon. He's the leader of the new X-Men. Uh, I was expecting you to say someone completely different than mm -hmm. Professor X, like a, a like political figure his, or something. His power is he kills people with a touch. Oh, shit. Um, yep. But he ends up recruiting, after almost being killed in while holding a mutant rally, a young man whose real name I don't know, who goes by the name, or who adopts the name of Skullfire. He shoots energy blasts out of his hands, and his face takes on a kind of skull look when he's using his powers. At first, he is a super unsure of himself young man, and wanders around being like, I don't know if I should be doing this. But his uh, personality is tweaked after... 
meeting another mutant whose powers is to like alter your personality or like control your personality and he basically becomes a daredevil and starts doing things like jumping out of hover cars for no good reason think anakin in the beginning of episode two yikes that's uh... not that whiny but no no i mean just like the ability to just like have your personality just shifted that harshly so quickly that's scary to me yeah a little bit i want to say he becomes the leader of x-men 2099 eventually but it might just be that he was the the point person for when they first joined you know the welcome to the x-men I hope you survive the experience. Well, if he's jumping out of planes, he's definitely got the personality to be like, hey, what's up, guy? How you doing? Ron Lim would be his other er, his other creator, because Ron Lim and John Francis Moore did X-Men 2099. Yep. Ron Lim. Uh, can you tell me what he looks like, other than, like, when he's using powers? Kind of shaggy hair, and I want to say he's got that kind of Gambit-style headpiece that he wears eventually, and he wears a bunch of blue, and he's got glowing face skull. Cool. He's not a bad design. X-Men 2099 wasn't a terrible book. It just wasn't a great book either. It was... This is the first I've heard of twenty uh, X-Men 2099. Is this also in the same relative continuity that they did the uh, Spider-Man 2099? Spider yes, because they originally launched it as an imprint with Spider-Man 2099, X-Men 2099, Doom 2099, which was a sweet book. Wait. Doom. Doctor Doom. Oh, okay. For some reason I was thinking, like, uh, my Do brain filled it in Doom with Judge like Dredd oh. for some reason, which is not at all right. Oh, Punisher 2099 that ended up being written by the guy who created the uh, Judge Dredd. Um, oh, that's cool. God, I hate Punisher 2099 even more and I hate Punisher and they eventually launched a few others but like Spider-Man 2099 was the only one that was stuck. good enough to stick yeah great run I mean it got turned into a cartoon show cartoon no that was Spider-Man Unlimited that was a different oh. bad thing is this a different thing yep okay then I don't even know what this is then um that seemed I, it looked like you got it all to me I just uh, the only thing I was going to clarify was one little extra thing happened to him towards the end because he did at a point get ripped apart by Vulcan who had the power to alter body structure and control growth, and when he destroys Tim's body, it turns out that uh, his energy absorption caused him to uh, turn into a being of pure ener energy. And so then he was just, like, skull-fired out permanently, basically. Oh, well, it's kind of a bummer, but also, like, I guess better than being torn to pieces. Mm -hmm. And then he could fly. So an upgrade. God, X-Men 2099 had a character named, like, Bloodwing or something like that. Like, it was, it was an edgy book. Edgy with quotation marks. Yo, all of these names I'm running into. Metalhead, Grave robber floodgate no doug though no doug especially not my favorite thing <laughs> la lunatica anyway no doug lock i think doug lock wins yeah doug lock wins just because i love doug <laughs> that's it for this time folks next time we'll be touching down in westchester after we make up the one and a half one and a half redemptions because zach knocked it out of the park this season i knew i was gonna be good going into x-men but there was i was so scared of like am i gonna get like half of these wrong that'd be embarrassing so join us next time as we finish off this season because we're done for today and we'd like to hit, remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows over at earfirm.com that is e-a-r-v-v-y-r-m.com other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes and as always we want to give a special thanks to our editor Stephen Gady and to Ian Ford for our theme song tracks until next time I'm Tyler I'm Zach up up and away 